Create an Unstoppable Life, episode 166. Create an Unstoppable Life is all about mindset for the high achiever to help you build a life of fulfillment and freedom. I'm your host, Dina George, MD, a mindset and marketing coach and a family medicine physician. It's an honor to spend time with you today. Welcome back, my friends. You are in for a treat today. We're doing something we've never done before. Actually, our guest, Dr. Santi Tanakella, is doing something that's never been done before on this podcast. And my hope is it brings you a lot of delight and it adds a lot of value through your holiday season and any time that you take a listen to it. I'm glad you're here. I am sending you so much love through this holiday season, through the end of the year, and really always. And I will see you next time. Ciao. Welcome back to another episode. And I am so excited to have a good friend. She doesn't know she's a good friend. (laughs) She is a good friend. We met last month. She is an amazing soul. Her name is Dr. Santi Tanakella, pediatrician, integrative medicine doc, a coach, Uh, But really, to me, what she represents is peace and calm and connection. And that's why she's here today, is to help invite us all into more of that, especially now that it's December, it's the holiday season, and there's lots of pull to move away from that. So that's how I'd introduce you. How would you introduce you? (laughs) Fairly similarly. Thank you so much, Dina. And it's it's fun to hear you say what you think about me, because I think that we walk around and we don't even realize how other people perceive us. Um, So I am deeply touched by your introduction. And I have to say the feeling is mutual. (laughs) I think so highly of you. And I'm so excited for the work you do. I'm excited for this blossoming friendship. I think what's, what's amazing about this period of life is that not a lot of words are needed to really have a sense of who somebody is and have a sense of this is somebody who I want to be in my life. You had no idea that I was even thinking about you, (laughs) did you, until you received an email that said, hey, you want to be on the podcast. But so often we are thinking about others without them having any idea. (laughs) It's true. That's actually one thing that I started to realize over the past year is um, there are people that I interface with on a daily basis or a monthly basis or maybe just once in my lifetime, but they are having thoughts about me that I will never know. And I too am having thoughts about them that they may never know. And really over the past year, I have been trying to make an effort to start to be more vocal about it because when I'm having thoughts that I think someone would grow from, why not share them? There was a person who was at a conference recently who I kept hearing she did an amazing job with her presentation. And I unfortunately was unable to go to that presentation, but she happened to be passing um, in the hall. And I just stopped her and I was like, hey, I just want you to know that everybody thinks that your presentation was awesome. And I don't know if you get to hear that feedback, but from somebody who is just an observer looking in, to be able to share that sort of information with the presenter, A, was an honor. B, like her response was, wow, I had no idea people thought so highly of it. So, you know, I encourage all of you, if you guys are having positive thoughts about other people, don't keep them to yourselves. You know, be sure to share it because you have no idea how that might actually 
affect them internally. Right. Or disrupt their own thoughts because our mind doesn't offer that we hit something out of the park and we did an amazing job and wow, all of that effort really paid off. It's true. Yeah. I think so many of us steep in self-criticism, right? Like we are playing the comparison game. Like, well, I didn't do things as well as he or she did, or, you know, I could have totally done that better. Whereas, you know, an observer might think, wow, that was an amazing job. Yeah. Just like you said, they knocked it out of the park. (laughs) It just kind of normalizes things, not even just normalizes. It really could boost somebody's self-esteem to hear a different perspective. For sure, especially unsolicited, that spontaneous mm-hmm. conversation. Yeah. So peace, calm, connection, where do you want to start? Ooh, let's start with peace. <laughs> All right. How do we do it? How do we create more of it? I think that's that's a great question. So I think the the main thing that I want people to remember is peace is not always something that just magically comes to you. It is really something that's internal. And I've seen people in the same situations, two different people, where one is completely falling apart and the other is blasting through it. So what is what is the reason why? <laughs> like, why is one person able to manage and and come through with flying colors? And why is another person just falling apart about it? And it really speaks to the ability to have confidence that you will be able to move through a difficult situation. That self-confidence piece is so key. And when you're able to create confidence, the peace follows. Just hearing you say that makes me think of it's belief over doubt and belief over uncertainty. And it's also the belief that you don't have to know at this moment because any new problem is something we've never experienced before. If we have experienced it before, we know how how to solve it. So it's not a problem. So we don't have to know the way ahead. We just have to know that we can take the next step. Right. That you can take the next step. And also that you're going to have your back when you do do that. So even if things go sour, that you will not criticize yourself or beat yourself up. If that should happen, you will be able to pick yourself back up again and pivot and move forward and pivot and move forward and pivot and move forward, right? Like, so being able to to tell yourself, hey, no matter what, things are going to be okay and we will move through this even without the evidence of success. That's a big one, especially for physicians because we are known to beat ourselves up incessantly and to believe that we deserve it, to believe that we should be the ones to do it because we can't let ourselves off the hook It's a bridge to go from there over to, I've got my back. I'll figure it out. I'm not going to criticize and beat myself down. How do we even get on that bridge? So I think the first thing is we have to let go of perfectionism. I think medicine in general, from a very, very early stage in our careers, has taught us that the more perfect and robotic you can be, the more successful you'll be. And I think untraining that will allow us to go even farther than we have ever been able to go. When you think of what a physician is capable of doing, we are, I mean, we're capable of a lot. We can intubate, we can do really um, sophisticated procedures, and sometimes things don't go as planned. You can't always force a body to 
do the things you want it to do. <laughs> or do the things the textbook says it's supposed to do. Yes. Yeah. And so when you aim for excellence instead of perfection, I think that is a better goal because excellence is a little bit more expansive. It allows for a little bit more give. So things may not go as planned, but if you're able to pivot and still have very, very good results, then great. And if you pivot and you don't have very good results, asking yourself how you can learn from the experience rather than being self-deprecating will take you farther. That's how I perceive it is knowing that perfect, being perfect is not the end all be all. I think it's very hard to say that too, to our population. And it's not obtainable. We make thousands of decisions. Like I think about in the hospital, I make hundreds of decisions for many, many patients. I cannot be a hundred percent accurate. There is no crystal ball. I can, I can do my best. I can care. I can slow down and I'm still human at the end of the day. And there has to be room for my humanity because if there isn't, that's where the self-bashing comes in. Absolutely. Agreed. I think one of the greatest things I learned, especially as an early attending was humility. (laughs) Because we are in these high powered professions, it's easy to think of yourselves as better or smarter. But early on, I I realized, you know, sometimes I would forget to tell a patient something like, oh, like, so I'm a pediatrician. At age one, you order a hemoglobin and lead screen to make sure that the child doesn't have anemia or high lead levels. And I would order them and sometimes I'd forget to tell the patients. <laughs> and so here I come running after them. Oh, by the way, I forgot to tell you, hey, I ordered these labs for you. Here's the reason why. Once you get them done, I'll call you back with the results. They appreciate that more, right? Like I found that being human was more appreciated than me just, you know, glazing over this, that, or the other thing. Like people wanted me to be able to see them eye to eye. People wanted to be able to partner in their healthcare. Um, And I think that is so different than what my my training early on was like. I think when I was training, uh, a lot of the attendings that I worked with or learned from were were godlike (laughs) in nature, right? Like, I know all, I see all, I hear all, here's what you're going to do, goodbye. (laughs) And it just, it didn't sit well with me back then. It still doesn't sit well with me now when I see physicians practice that way. Um, I see the function of it and I see that certain patients may want that, may want that sort of level of confidence and level of guidance. Um, But I think being able to have a patient buy into partnership can create a relationship that's so much more powerful than anything else. So a few things that I hear standing out, one is sharing the responsibility versus owning 100% of the responsibility. It's changing the expectation from 100%, it's going to be perfect, there is no other choice, to curiosity of how can we make this move forward? What can I learn? What can I do? What can I share? What can I offer? And it's grace for not everything's going to turn out the way that we want it to. What are some other ingredients that make it less likely that we are going to beat ourselves up? I think definitely having self-compassion. 
I think at the end of the day, we look back over the course of many, many hours of work and we're just exhausted. And then we go home and we sometimes expect ourselves to function at just as high a level for our kids, for our spouses. We beat ourselves up when the mail is not checked, <laughs> like little things like that, where, you know, at some point or another, allowing yourself to rest and not calling yourself lazy. Huge. Goodness. Yeah, huge. huge. Like, no, it, it is not lazy to allow yourself to read a good book or to just go to sleep. I think many of us, and I think especially physician women who are mothers, right? We want to do everything in the world for our kids. And I think there's a lot of guilt when we realize or when we think to ourselves that we care more for our patients than we do for our own kids. And that's yeah. not the case, right? You go to work to be able to make money to help care for your kids, <laughs> to help them to succeed in life, to be able to allow them to do extracurricular activities or go to certain schools or pay for college, right? So we do do a lot for our children. And we are also examples for our kids, showing them that we have work ethic, that we have a higher education, and that is both acceptable <laughs> and might be possible for them too, if that's something that they wanted. So being able to to bring it back full circle for many of our physician parents don't be afraid <laughs> to think that you are actually a good parent that's huge and it, it's showing what our work translates into it translates into less suffering in the area that is most sensitive for all of us which is our health less suffering no matter what aspect of medicine that we're doing that's what we're all working towards less suffering so sharing it on that level, it's not that I spend eight hours, 12 hours, 16 hours in a hospital. It's that get the opportunity to impact people's lives, to help them feel better, move better, see better, whatever it is that we're working on. And you point out, just going back to one of the ingredients earlier, which is the shared responsibility and not owning 100% of the responsibility of, I have to raise this child. It's we collectively are raising this child, whether the we is myself and a partner, the we is myself in the community, myself and the teachers. I mean, whoever else is invested in them becoming a better human. Absolutely. Yes. When it comes to parenthood, we parents are not the end all. And I see it all the time in the office. Well, I said the same thing to my teenager doctor and they didn't listen, but suddenly when you say it, <laughs> It starts to click. <laughs> and I have to turn to them and be like, you know what? I'm a parent too. And trust me, the same thing happens in my household. <laughs> when my kids hear it from someone else, they listen. But when it's their own mom, sometimes they just don't. I will I will give my kids credit though. They are really good kids. And most of the time they do listen. But But yeah, recognizing that we parents cannot do it all. And in fact, it's actually healthy to allow other trusted adults into our children's lives in order to help raise them, to be able to offer wider perspectives that our perspective alone cannot hold space for in that moment in time, just simply to be able to teach them even skills that, that I wouldn't be able to or you wouldn't be able to, right? Like, I'm not an art teacher. It would be really bad if I was an art teacher, <laughs> right? 
So, so yes, here, please teach my son, like, go for it. <laughs> so, you know, I think we've outlined the threats to peace, meaning guilt is a threat to peace. Um, taking all the responsibility, having things that have to be right or perfect is a threat to peace. Not giving ourselves grace or compassion is a threat to peace. And all of these threats seem to escalate during December when there's more pressure to be everywhere and to do more and to purchase lots of stuff and to spend lots of time with people that we may or may not have seen in a while. Oh, what advice do you have for us? First, and this is going to be really different from what everybody else thinks, it's going to be, what can you do for yourself this winter season? Really? Like, how can you make this easier? And if what you need to do is to be able to carve out time for yourself to relax, then be very conscious about doing that. Allow for that to be part of your schedule. In other words, don't keep that little piece of information to yourself. Make sure your family members know that from this time to this time, I'm going to step out and do whatever it is that you have to do to maintain peace and calm within yourself. And it doesn't have to take a long time. That's what I really love. Like I used to believe it had to take hours. It had to be an afternoon or a day, but really 20 minutes of quiet, sometimes 10 minutes of quiet to just step away and realize I'm not crazy. It's all okay. It's so helpful. Absolutely. I fully agree. I think, yeah, even just having a moment where you can, and you can give it a name, like I got to go recharge my battery. (laughs) Right. Taking these five, 10 minute breaks away from the kids, away from the noise, you know, it, it does serve well. It does. I think the other pieces is being able to schedule, like if you're going to go out and buy gifts, if you're the person in the family that is the gift giver, <laughs> carve out that time, you know, allow it to be scheduled. And that way you're more likely to get it done. And don't always expect this again, going back to perfection. Like some of us really want to to buy or create the perfect gift or wrap the gift perfectly. Listen, that wrapping paper is coming off. Don't stress about it. (laughs) And if it's not perfect, ultimately, you know, people do understand. I think, I think we we forget, like we want to have this presentation of ourselves that is so put together. And I want to actually put this thought out there. Sometimes when we look completely put together, we are less approachable than when we're a little bit more human, a little less perfect. Being a little bit more relaxed is going to allow for people to feel comfortable with themselves as well. So allowing that to be a community experience with whomever you hang out with this winter season, um, I think will really help to create a deeper sense of connection amongst yourselves. It's amazing to me when I think about how do I do things in a way that's meaningful, both for me and for somebody else. And recently a friend said, hey, do you have time to spend time together? I said, yes, if you want to come over and cook with me, totally have time to spend time together. Right. So combining that togetherness, combining an activity, (laughs) and it felt really good. That's awesome. That's a really great example. You know, so many times my kids want to get involved with me in the kitchen. (laughs) And in my head, I know I'm like, oh my gosh, this is going to take so much longer. (laughs) And then I have to gently remind myself, let's start prepping for dinner. 
half an hour, 45 minutes earlier. And here, I'm going to give you the bell pepper and here's your plastic kid knife (laughs) and you go for it, you know, and just recognizing that whatever is produced from that, I mean, it's going to get cooked anyway, so it doesn't have to be perfect little bits, right? Like whatever is created from that is going to be beautiful, especially if you allow yourself to have that broader perspective is for me, it's this is me spending time with my child. And being able to have a shared experience with him and being able to create a mutually loving space, being able to help him to have a sense of self-efficacy. In some ways, these aspects are so much more important than the meal itself. Which is amazing. That's the depth that so many people want during the holidays. And then there's all of these threats to pull us away from that. The beauty is watching a human develop a skill, watching a human connect to something that they haven't done before, being able to guide a situation or an event or just the time together, being able to guide it in a purposeful way and showing them what is possible to create. That's where the beauty is. And sometimes it's really messy and there's beauty in the mess. We don't have to be in control all the time. We don't have to know how it's going to work out. We just have to be willing to stay there be in the situation with them and to see it through, see how it ends, see what the result is. Absolutely. I would actually even add, sometimes it's fun to be a little bit messy. And sometimes we moms are in a rush and, or dads too, sometimes we're in a rush and we don't always appreciate it. But I really encourage you guys this holiday season, allow yourselves to have fun in the process, allow yourselves to have fun in the journey don't let it be something that's from that goes from point A to point B and that's it. Really seek out the richness that experiences have to offer. Otherwise we're just missing out. We're missing out. Being so goal oriented causes us to miss out on the truly important things. And being focused on these rigid rules. Sometimes we don't even know that the rules are so rigid. Trying to fit everything in versus selecting what is it that I want to do? Right. I would also yeah. venture to say, right, like this is one of the things that I struggled with and sometimes continue to struggle with, right? Because thought patterns, we chip away at them. They don't always just go away with a snap of the fingers, but wanting to do things for other people and being the sole person doing them. So when people would offer me help, I'd be like, no, no, I got this. And then they'd watch me as I'm trying to do it <laughs> instead, of, instead of helping because I told them not to. As I try to enter into that spirit of enjoying the journey, I have been more willing to ask for help. And actually, it has been, again, it it brings that richness. It brings that sense of community. And it gives them a sense of joy, too. It's not work for them the way we think it might be work for them. In being aligned with the goals of deeper connection and peace and calmness, Allow your community to lift you instead of you feeling like you always have to lift your community. Yes. And there's a podcast episode on becoming an abundant receiver. It was a few episodes ago, which really talked about that because depleted cannot be the starting place and it can't be the end place either. We're not going to be functional in that state. Even if we've done it for a couple of decades, It the rules are now depleted is not an option. We've got to start from a place where we are full where we have plenty, where we can do what we want to do and we can do it from a place of, yeah, we have so much versus trying to fit it all in. And 
being scared about not being enough, not having enough, not sharing enough. Yes. The peace, the peace on enoughness. I mean, why do we do this to ourselves? <laughs> really? Like, why do we do this to ourselves? Like we are enough. Like how much can a human possibly do <laughs> in a 24 hour period? Right. This is but, one of our, one of the ways, like, and I do think our medical training makes us, allows us to believe that we can do so much more than our human body allows us to. It's comical. It is. <laughs> and it's sad too. I, I'm not going to lie. I, I do I do feel sad. Like when I think back to who I thought I was as a young attending without children, <laughs> right? Like <laughs> I didn't have kids yet. And what I did to myself in order to succeed. Yeah. Let me rephrase that. What I did to myself to feel successful, it was not necessary. It wasn't. I mean, I I really drove myself into the ground in ways that didn't need to happen. And I look back and I think about that younger self and I'm like, gosh, how do I not allow my present self, you know, to repeat that process? So really looking, you know, fast forwarding 10 years, what would that physician or that person or that mother 10 years into the future tell to my present day self? What would they say? I hear what you say and I hear you owning the responsibility, but I also know that the system puts out an inordinate amount of requests and demands. And what I imagine is the younger you was simply trying to keep up, maybe trying to exceed, but probably trying to keep up from either real or perceived demands of the system. So lots of, lots of compassion. Yeah. I think back to when I had my first child and I only took a month off from maternity leave. And in retrospect, like, gosh, how silly of me because I had not fully healed. And when I went back to work, my patient's parents would flat out say to me, like, what are you doing back so soon? And it only then did it dawn on me that this was not normal behavior for a new mom. How would yeah. you know? I didn't because I think, you know, like you look at the precedent amongst physician women having children and some of them do take three-month maternity leave or longer. And there are some physician women who go back after two weeks which is insane. <laughs> it's Yikes. insane that we think yeah. that our bodies can really handle all the stress of just having had a baby, trying to, you know, settle our hormones, trying to just feel rested. Again, I look back and I'm like, oh my, <laughs> so, so unnecessary. It really speaks to the value of allowing others to be in your life and allowing others to lift you up because- that's what those conversations when somebody says, Hey, that's not normal. That's not enough time. You're going to need more. Why don't you plan for or consider those things to shift the narrative that goes on with what we think it's going to be like or predicting the unknown that we've never experienced before? I think of a, a community that I'm part of, and we meet every month, and there was a conversation on pay and asking for time, like administrative time to bring some, bring a big project to life. The woman was sharing what she was going to ask for. And the community was like, oh no, no, that is, you, you've got to at least double that. <laughs> so she, shifting the narrative, shifting what normal is, because in their mind, normal was not asking for anything. So they were already taking a big step to ask for something, but then changing what normal is like normal is you're going to need way more time and you're also going to need to be paid for this because this is above and beyond what somebody in your position does. 
Right. It's so great that that person had that experience and not everybody is lucky enough to have that experience. And so many of us physicians wear multiple hats and often work for free. Mm-hmm. It's not normal. You wouldn't ask a lawyer to, to work for free. <laughs> They're paid hourly, right? Like they have an hourly fee. So allowing others to speak into our life is huge and can be a source of peace as well, especially as we go into the holiday season, sharing what our expectations are of ourselves and allowing somebody's input to be like, oh my, (laughs) or good for you. You have a treat for all of us. Yeah. I know many of you during, well, actually I I shouldn't say just winter season. I think we get tense all the time, (laughs) right? Like situations pop up in our lives. And what I wanted to offer you guys was a way to be able to recenter yourselves and find relaxation here and now. So I created a meditation, a guided meditation for all of you. Those of you who are operating heavy machinery or driving cars, I would encourage you to pause here listen to this at a time where you can be more relaxed. The rest of you, follow me. Begin by getting into a comfortable position. You can sit in a comfortable chair with your feet flat on the floor, or if you prefer and are able, you can lay down. Go ahead and place one hand over your belly. You can place the other one in your lap or at your side. Take a deep breath in and out, in and out. As you inhale and exhale, notice your hand gently rising and falling. Allow yourself to bring your breath in just a little deeper. As you slowly inhale, Comfortably fill your belly, your lower chest, then your upper chest. And as you exhale, empty your upper chest, lower chest, and then your belly. Breathe in, two, three, and out, two, three. Remember, you don't need to take huge breaths. Your breaths should feel comfortable for you. Breathe in, two, three, and out, two, three. If you find yourself distracted by noises or movement around you, simply notice those things without judgment and bring your attention back to your breath. If you would like, you may close your eyes if you haven't already. As you breathe, notice your body start to soften and relax. Allow your body to be fully supported by your chair or your bed. allow it to melt that every muscle is relaxed. Now, 
bring your attention to your feet and toes. Notice any sensations you may have in that part of your body. As you breathe in, I want you to tighten the muscles in your feet. Tight, 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 tight. And as you exhale, allow your feet to completely relax. Breathe in. And out. In. And out. Now, move your attention to your legs. Notice any tightness that you might have in your calves or thighs. With your next in-breath, tighten those sexy calf muscles. Tighten, 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 tighten. And exhale and relax. Feel those muscles soften. Breathe in. And out. In. And out. Now bring your attention to your back. Notice any sensations in your back, any tension. And on your next inhale, I want you to go ahead and tighten all the muscles in your back. You can arch it however you want to tighten those muscles. Go ahead and tighten them. Tight, 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 tight. And exhale and allow all those muscles to relax. Notice sensation in your back now. Notice how comfortably your back rests against your chair or your bed. If you need to adjust yourself at any point, feel free to do so. Breathe in and out. In and out. Now bring your attention to your chest and your belly. Feel your belly rising and falling with each breath. Notice any sensations that are present. On your next inhale, go ahead and tense all the muscles in your chest and all the muscles in your belly. Tight, 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 tight. Exhale and relax. Allow all of those muscles to soften. Notice the sense of relief you have when you let go of that tension. Breathe in and out. In and out. Now notice your arms and your hands. If your hand is still on your belly, you may rest it at your side. On your next inhale, tighten all the muscles in your arms, clench those hands, 
tight, 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 tight. And exhale and relax. Breathe in and out. Feel every muscle and joint in your arms and hands completely melt. Allow them to rest heavier and heavier. Breathe in and out. Now let's move our focus to our head, neck, and shoulders. Go ahead and inhale. Squeeze your eyes shut, shut, tight, 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 tight. Clench the jaw. Bring those shoulders up to your ears. And when you're ready to exhale, let it all go. Allow all the muscles in your face and neck to soften. Allow your heavy head to sink back into your pillow if you're laying down. Let your shoulders soften and drop. And just enjoy this feeling of relaxation. Breathe in. And out. In. And out. Now, allow your attention to come into your mind. Are there any thoughts that have been pestering at you? Allow them to rest as well. Any thoughts of irritation, any feelings of anger or resentment, allow them to soften. Maybe even let them go to sleep. Inhale. And exhale. And now allow any negative feelings leave your body with grace. Inhale. And exhale. Let's allow ourselves a few moments to bathe ourselves in love. Allow yourself to activate feelings of appreciation. Feelings of contentment. Feelings of joy. Notice how these emotions feel in your body. Do they make your body feel heavier, softer? Maybe they make your body feel lighter. I encourage you to notice how your body feels when you activate positive emotions. Truly enjoy the waves, the warmth of love flowing over your body. 
Let's rest in this for just a moment. Allow that feeling of love and appreciation to reach into the deepest, darkest corners of your body. When you breathe in, allow it to go all the way down to your toes, all the way to your fingertips. Just imagine your body light up with this beautiful emotion. Breathe in and out. In and out. Now allow the energy to rise in you. Allow excitement. Know that you are ready to re enter this world, recharged. Know that you are ready to re-enter this world as your full self. When you're ready, wiggle your toes, wiggle your hands, and allow your eyes to flutter open. Welcome back. Thank you so much for joining me in this journey. Everyone needs you in their life. How can people connect with you? I have a website. It's imwellmd.com. I also have an email address. It's really easy. It's imwellmd at gmail.com. And you can meet me on Facebook as well. So if you go through the website, there's a link there. So my experience here in this time with you is the same as my experience at La Cantera with you, which is peace, calm, connection, and grace. You really embody it and you really share it freely. And I am so appreciative to be a recipient of it. Thank you. Final thoughts, final words of wisdom. Really connect with what you want to experience this holiday season. If it's love, connection, grace, faith, whatever it it might be, Focus your attention to it because those things that you pay attention to do grow. It's easy to say that too for negative emotions. If you're feeling angry or frustrated, when you focus your attention on that, that too will grow. I encourage you to move your focus to areas of your life that you want to focus on, that you want to increase in your life. And speaking to that abundance that you mentioned before, Dina. Thank you so much, my friend. I can't wait to hug you again in real life. I would love that. I can't wait. (laughs) You're always welcome in Pennsylvania.